And we're back with breaking news. The new Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. With an improved taste and zero calories, make sure... Jim. Ooh, yes. This tastes like the best Coke ever to me. We're on the air. I need to try it first. Con cero azúcar y ahora mucho más rica. ¿Será que la nueva Coca-Cola Zero Sugar es la mejor de todas? Descúbrela. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. But you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Okay, now, how how about I do this? I know it's been a while, so, but, okay, I suppose to, all right, speak it to the mic. Yeah, okay, like, all right, all right, yeah, speak it to the mic. All right, and then I say something like, um... On this episode, we're going to speak with Mona Salama about politics, fashion, and wrestling. Okay, yeah, okay. And then after that, then I play the intro. of America, here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that, from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. And welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, whether on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or, well, don't forget Snapchat. It's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. So, I know it's been a while, and wow, you know, almost forgot how to do this. <laughs> and I literally, like, there was a couple of takes where I just forgot how to do the sequence of all this. So, <laughs> But, you know, got to kind of really keep it short, really quick, because I want to make sure we have time for our interview with Mona Salama talking about politics, fashion, and wrestling. And like I said, you know... If you've been listening a couple of times, you know that I'm a wrestling fan, and I definitely want to talk about SummerSlam coming up on Sunday. And so we're going to talk about that and also some other things, you know, currently going on as well. So I know I've been gone for pretty much a month. And so in that time, I did keep track of, you know, what the news, at least some of it, and kind of jot down some things. And so kind of want to go down a list of things, just kind of guess just to hit on what's been going on even though most of you who are listening already know known about them i just kind of want to kind of guess go down the list of all the stuff i kind of wrote down so first 
I know I wrote down about President Trump going to Russia and then all, you know, the everything that happened about him making the statements about the intelligence community and where he was basically saying he doesn't trust them. <laughs> and then he had to walk that back. And and yeah, so I remember when I wrote this down, I had more to say about it. I've kind of <laughs> I kind of forgotten about what I was <laughs> going to say. Um, so I'm not even going to go into that. It's like I said, it was over a month ago now. Now, next thing, NFL players are back to kneeling again. You know, the preseason games have just started uh, the past week or so. And NFL tried to pass a policy to where telling the players that they didn't want to stand there because they in the locker room. That blew up in their face. And they, you know, walked that back. And so now they're back kneeling kind of on the same topic. Dak Prescott was um, roundly criticized, and I would say unfairly criticized for his stance, basically, which is the same stance I've said about this whole um, uh, kneeling um, stuff and where I don't have any problem with protests, you know, as someone who participated in Tea Party protests during the Obama administration. Um, but I, I have a problem. I don't think it's appropriate to to kneel during the anthem so and basically that's kind of the same thing that prescott said and so he, he caught a lot of flack for that he hasn't backed down yet so that's actually somewhat surprising i'm surprised by that but you know good for him um for not backing down you know but um sasha baron coin i guess to move on he um better known as borat if you don't know he basically duped a lot of um a lot of people uh, conservatives or people who are supportive of the Second Amendment, and to make and to take a part of his mockumentary, I guess, and basically just making, you know, making people in the middle middle America basically trying to make them look stupid, you know, by using comedy and tricking people into doing um, stupid stuff, and you know, kind of like Kimmel and Samantha B and all the rest of these, you know, uh, liberal comedians out here just using the guise of comedy to belittle and, you know, de- delegitimize and marginalize conservatives, um, you know, in the, by at the same time say, Oh, we just, you know, you know, we just being comedians. We just, you know, t- you know, Learn to take a joke or whatever, but it's not really. It's not about just learning to take a joke. They're just yeah, using it to um, make us look stupid for a reason, so we, you know, uh, will not be taken seriously. And that's one thing I don't really care about. You know, people like Borat. So, anyway, President Obama had some comments in South uh, Africa, and actually, I agreed with something he said. <laughs> Um, I said something because I can't remember what it was, <laughs> which is kind of indicative of how <laughs> I feel about the Obama administration in general the past eight years. Um, there were a few things I actually agree with, but they were so far and few in between and so few that I can't remember what they were so, similar to these comments. And it was a couple of weeks ago, but I can't remember what they were. So anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, came precinct chair, uh, the North, well, of the, Tarrant County Republican Party, uh, Precinct 2553. That happened in the past month. And also joined the Northeast Tarrant Young Republicans. The, I am the vice president of social media or the social shadow, 
as I call myself. And I ain't only me. I'm the only one that called myself that. I just made it up for some unknown reason. I don't know why I did it. Anyway, <laughs> um, Mission Impossible Fallout was good. That was a great movie. Um, really enjoyed that. Uh, California, uh, better known as California, out there um, doing the, the next crazy loony, whatever, just, yeah, just out of their minds. Uh, out there banning plastic straws then like i said some of this deserves a laugh track but i um need to keep moving but uh speaking of yeah speaking of laugh tracks um ann hathaway she came out there she decided to take off you know that Catwoman suit and decided to become you know the <laughs> white knight for us poor black folks i mean because um she said that we black folks all of us all black people live in fear of their lives daily. And yeah, that was just utter stu- stupidity, idiotic, and deserved just as much laughter and <laughs> mockery as you're hearing right now. So also, James Gunn got fired from Disney for uh for some tweets and for some really horrible jokes about pedophilia and yeah. I have no sympathy for him. I don't don't say he should have been fired, but hey, you know, he, he had no problem saying Roseanne should be fired for what she said and also, you know, have no problem about conservatives being fired over over tweets and whatever. So now he get caught, so he get fired. Oh well, I, no sympathy here. <laughs> what whatever. I mean, I guess he now he know how it feels, I guess maybe. I don't know. Um and also kind of end on a little bit of sour note um aretha franklin died today um kind of kind of fits in what uh, we're going to be talking about because she sung america the beautiful at wrestlemania wrestlemania 3 and 23 also at 23 that was the one where donald trump was part of a match in wrestlemania 23 where aretha Aretha franklin sung america the beautiful so it kind of ties into everything we're going to talk about that's coming into this interview with mona salama so before we get there we're gonna play a hear from my friends from the founder project and from there we'll hear from mona hello trend chat listeners if you like the founding project's civics education video series civics for all ages and our educational meme series we think you will love our new website join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement the founding project is a 501c3 education nonprofit please join us today politics and other stuff maybe this is trend chat with your host Brian Bledsoe this is Dana Lash, and you're listening to Trend Chat. Hello, this is Trend Chat, and we're very pleased to have Mona Salama with us. She is a political reporter, political analyst, and fashion influencer. Hey, Mona, how you doing? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Maybe if people don't know, I've been gone for a couple of weeks, so, and I guess the most recent news is John Brennan had his security clearance revoked, which I think it was a long time coming, but, um... You got any more as far as on that story? I think, you know, just using that their title and making money off of it and attacking the new administration as opposed to, like, not, you know, remaining neutral. I think it was only right that Trump did that. And the fact that, like, 
they even knew that what they were doing in the past administration with the collusion with, you know, Hillary Clinton's campaign and all that stuff, and the fact that they didn't say anything and they didn't do their job, it's only right that they, they have no right to keep their clearance and know what's going on in the new administration. Like I said before, I think it was a long time coming. I was just wondering, like, how long is someone like this is going to continue, at the very least, having a security person? And Well, uh, I mean, he still has more to go. He still has, you know, James, James Comey. He still got Valley Jarrett. He still got the other ones, all yeah. the whole leftovers. And there's still more to come. I think he just wanted to start it with the first one because the first one has been, like, actively being, like, he's an MSNBC contributor just actively attacking the president for no damn reason and act like he knows it all as a CIA director when he really just didn't do anything right as a CIA director when he was there in the Obama administration. So there was a lot of screw-ups during the Obama administration that the media doesn't really want to talk about. You also had another story that's been going on with Omarosa. And, I mean, oh, as, far as, <laughs> as far as what's, well, you know, what she's alleging and and her book and everything, and and then also with um, President Trump's his his response and and his tweet and calling her dog and all that. I mean, it's it's, it's been crazy. It's been a he, yeah. He he's actually kept the PG. I would have went in on that girl. I would have like attacked her. He was actually being nice to call her a dog. I would have called her a female dog because you know the fact that like this guy President Trump before he became president, he brought her in. She came out of nothing. He made her into something, got her name out there, made her who she is today. And despite, you know, she might be clever. That's how she got far in this business. She forgot where her loyalty is. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, there's no such thing as loyalty. You can always fake loyalty. You can't fake confidence because she has no confidence. But everybody knows that President Trump um, only wants loyalty. That was the first thing he told James Comey. Like, only thing I ask of you is your loyalty. And I think he's 100% the right to ask for that because in politics, in the world of politics, in the world, that, in this world that we live in, without loyalty, everybody's in a backstab. And we just see, like, firsthand Omarosa, like, John Kelly fires her. Apparently, Trump didn't know about it. He was pissed, a little pissed off, but there's nothing he's going to do about it. It's his chief of staff. You know, he has a country to run. So he's going to let his chief of staff and his, you know, administration take care of those things. They saw her as a dead weight. They, if you look at her past, the fact that she had an engagement party in the White House, she had a party there, and the media went berserk about that, and Trump let it slide. Nobody gave her a reprimandation, and all the things that Trump has done for her, and this is how he thanks, she thanks him after, like, what, 15, 20 years of knowing the guy? That's I think that's the most disgusting thing you could do to a person, like, somebody who's always been there for you and taking care of you, to thank them for that, and I, you know, I know we're in a world of politics, and this has happened. This has happened to me. I bet you it has happened to you, Brian. But yeah. it's beyond, beyond. The fact that, like, if she heard Trump say the N-word and made a big deal about it, why does she stick around in the campaign? If she's seen a big, proud black woman, if anybody has heard, you know, a white person say that N-word, you think they're going to stay silent? She should have made a big controversy in 2016, 2017. So why did she stay quiet until she lost her job? And then next, you know, she reached out to a book deal and she got the book deal. She got probably a $100,000 book event. And now she's probably getting some more money at that. And then you have all these anti-Trump people buying all her books. 
So she's making a good profit out of that. I would say like about a half a million from all of this. And then what's next after that? Her 50 seconds of fame is going to be dead before the summer is over. I guarantee you before Thatcher Week, which is right after Labor Day, we're not going to hear the name Amalosa. And I'm uh, glad. Like, I hope it, I hope it dies down. I really hope. Because this is like taking over the news. Because when that tape came out, why was it nobody talking about Trump increasing the uh, military spending when he was in New York just two days ago? Nobody yeah. talked about that. They talked about some tape, of a half tape, mind you. She had a whole tape, and she cut it in half, and she sent it to, you know, NBC about her firing, and then she sent CNBC about uh, her talking with um, Katrina Pearson, Trump's um, campaign spokesperson, and uh, another person. And there's a lot of, like, there's two tapes, and you have to read the transcript to see that Amarosa just tries to uh, ignite uh, a response to people and people the only way they did it was just to shut up as a gay or whatever and that was the only thing that, that you come out of the tape yeah you know it's funny the same people that are right now that are trying to put Omarosa on a pedestal and want to get on all the shows are the same people that wouldn't have nothing to do with her because she was part of the Trump administration yeah it's not even everyone anything to do with her they were attacking her they were like oh my god I can't believe a black woman is standing by him She's only standing by him because, you know, the show apprentice, who is she? She's irrelevant. She, what did she do for her job? Like, nobody made a, they made a big deal about what she did as a job. And I granted, like, Trump gave her a job. She didn't have to even go to work. She was getting paid $200,000 to do nothing. And what, if I'm not reading this book, and it's funny because, like, I read a lot of political books. I even just finished James Comey's book just to understand his life. And it was actually a good read. Hmm. And you read like fire and fear you read all these books because you know the media hyped it up but i would not read this unhinged book because i feel like it's just it's not because of me being loyal to the president it's more the fact that like it's garbage because now it's coming out all of this and it's not even like oh my god news it's, it's just a girl who just has a vendetta and she's trying to like stay relevant she tried to stay relevant with the show big brother that didn't work out so she came out with a book and she's trying to attack the president. And I find that, that she's more unhinged than the president. Because mm. you don't do that to a person. I think that one thing in life, and then that's the thing we're missing in life, is loyalty. And Trump is 100% right about that. And that's the one thing I respect about him as a president. You know, lo- loyalty now has become a tattoo word. It's not, e- it's not even a word that anybody uses in their vocabulary. Because nobody even knows what it means. And nobody knows how to use it in a, in a term to others. And it's a sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Now, one thing you did mention, you uh, mentioned about fashion week and being a fashion influencer yourself and also you know i i've noticed some <laughs> your post on instagram now you're talking to someone that knows nothing about fashion but i have talked to people <laughs> that know something about fashion what is it with your posts are you just are you trying to like to show different looks as far as how as far as well, in the political you've known me for how many years and how many times i've always been dressed up in CPAC and whatever events we've been to oh yeah <laughs> And then, like, everybody's always asking, like, where do you get this? Where do you get that? And I've always wanted to do it, like, in 2016. But it, when I was covering the campaign, I was also doing my thesis. So it was just, like, really hard to do it. And then somebody pushed me to do it, and I actually did it. And it's becoming harder to grow because we feel it's so saturated. But I'm having fun with it. But one thing I, I incorporate politics into fashion is by covering Melania's Trump fashion. Because if you read the media attack on this lady this lady is the most beautiful lady i've ever seen in my life i've loved her since before like when i found out like when i was a young girl she was marrying donald trump 
and her fashion is beyond the world. Like, I think, like, it's really sad that she's been the first lady for almost two years now, and not even one single fashion publication has put her on the cover of their publication. And if you read every fashion magazine's uh, article about Melania Trump, they attack her. If they attack her, you know, they put the most ugliest picture of her of the outfit that she's wearing. They never see nothing positive about the things she's wearing. And they attack her husband on top of that. Like, there was one time Melania wore this all-white outfit when the France president came to America. And she wore this white hat. They made a big deal that she looks like uh, Beyonce from that um, music video Lemonade, which was like a jab to her husband because Jay-Z cheated on her. So now they're trying to make a big deal about like, oh, she's making a jab to President Trump with the Lemonade thing. And like, because of that whole Stormy Daniels BS. And they don't talk about how, like, beautiful that whole white pants, uh, the white blazer and the white skirt with the white hat and the white, uh, the then of Christian Louboutin, Paul, like, she was killing it. So yeah. I just started seeing, like, all these fashion, like, um, sites writing negative about her. And, like, they don't even write about, like, oh, where did she get this outfit? Where did she get this outfit? So I decided, like, hey, I love her. I love her fashion. I, like spend like hours looking finding where she got this who's this who's that because i wish i had like a con- like a connection to her uh fashion director who's actually a really really amazing um director i can't i can't remember his name right now but i wish i had his contacts i could be like hey well, um what brand is she wearing and where did she get it and then it would just make it easier to write my blog post but granted her outfits are so expensive and because she loves luxury. She's always been like that since she was a model. So I try to incorporate, like, cheaper finds for people who want to achieve a similar look. So I yeah. put that in my blog post, too. Yeah, I think, the, I guess, in talking about fashion, the only thing I can probably think of when it comes to Melania is uh, as far as, um, I, I guess, that she wears a lot of Doshi and Cabana because they actually a, yeah they love her she wears yeah and she wears a lot of my cores she wears her go-to shoes are christian louboutin and milano blanix and then um she mixes a lot of like american and european fashion brands it really depends on what she's wearing and like the fact that like you know she does wear outfits more than once she'll wear like an outfit one year and then the next year she'll bring it up again it's good that you're you know that, that you're going to you know, at least highlight at least something positive about the first lady because I mean it's clearly political. Just simply going by the previous first lady, like anything she did was considered Yeah, she was the, put on the pedestal. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, Michelle Obama's fashion statement was, you know, amazing. Whatever and I would say she's a beautiful black lady herself. Like she like her arms are killer. Like I would love to have her arms. Her arms are impeccable. Uh, and I know a lot of people, your fans are not gonna like what I just said, but I, I keep it real. Like, I, I don't like a person because of the, who who they're associated with. I don't like a person of what, their views. So, like, like the president, the previous President Obama, like, granted, he was an amazing speaker. He was a very smart man. I just didn't like his political views. So I never attacked the president because of who he is and what he is. I attacked him for his views. No, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm just saying it, it, at the very least it could be at least the same coverage. But I, I would say it should be more <laughs> just given the fact that she's a model. So you, so she obviously knows what she's doing when it comes to fashion. From that jacket she wore, like I don't care. They make it. They try to make it seem like 
she wore that jacket because she don't care about the kids and the refugee camp or whatever the hell they want to call it. Maybe um, it was just a jacket that she just wanted to wear. And I wish that jacket was sold in America. That jacket was sold only in Europe. Hello, this is Brian Bledsoe, host of Trend Chat, also contributor at Politichicks.com, here to tell you about the new book called Politichicks, A Clearing Call to Political Activism, with over 300 pages from contributors like myself, talking about topics such as education, social issues, healthcare, the Second Amendment, and of course, activism. I encourage you all to check it out at Politichicks.com, and is also available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Well, now, there's one other thing that we were going to talk about that I didn't mention in the intro, but if anyone's been listening to Trent Chat, probably would know that I am a wrestling fan. And I definitely want to talk about SummerSlam, which is coming up on Sunday. And yeah, I don't know if your followers know that I'm also a wrestling fan, too. Yes, and I was about to get to that, and I was about to ask you how long you've been a wrestling fan and how long, you know, you've been watching well, and all that. Fan since the Attitude Era, which the Attitude Era was during Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Undertaker Kane. So I remember like it was yesterday, the first episode, me and my brother, we were so little, I would say like 10, 11, 12, I was about, and then my brother was like 7, 8, going through the channels, and we see um, Undertaker's meeting his brother Kane. And we're like, holy, you know the other word. <laughs> and, um, we got hooked on it, so we found out what it was about, and then like we looked into it, and then we started watching it week after week, and we were like, we were just hooked on it, and then we started saying the DX things that my dad didn't like, and but he was like, whatever, and then like we like my brother got a hold of Playboy for the stable, the copy. I remember it was like yesterday, like he got the whole stable's first Playboy cover in China. Somebody bought it for him, and like it actually made us who we are today. And it was actually a really good time, and I wish wrestling today was like that, but they have to keep everything PG. So, can't wrestle a woman, which is so, I think it's so stupid because a woman is so strong nowadays, but everybody would get hurt about that. Now, well, I guess first off, I want to guess mention about, the, I guess you would say, the women's revolution that's going on right now, and especially with Ronda Rousey. Which, oh, I hate her. Oh, I okay. I hate her. I I loved her in UFC. I loved her for her fact that, like, you know, she was very strong. I just don't like her ego, and I don't like the fact that, um, uh, like, one of the wrestlers that she's fighting in SummerSlam, Alexa Bliss, said she's an overrated rookie. She's an overhyped rookie. And she's been in wrestling, WWE, for what? Since WrestleMania, which was, what, March, April? Yeah. And she's only been in the ring four, three, four times already. And she's already getting a title defense. I think that's like an insult to all the other women who work their butts off being in, you know, developmental, which is NXT. And and then you have the other women that are still, you know, been there for a while and they haven't got the chance to fight for the title. I think Ronda Rousey should have, if they wanted to push her right, they should have like made her fight or give her a storyline where, and then like give her a title defense, like, I would say, like, in November for Survivor Series or, like, World Rumble next year. Yeah, I, I think I think they mainly was looking at the dollar signs and wanted yeah, to and push this real quick. Today. They, they cheer on, and I'm like, why are you cheering on somebody that cannot wrestle? All she does is this on bar, which is her move that she did in UFC, but she does it in a very light version. Because if she did it the UFC version, she could break somebody's arm. And what you call it? And she just does, like, the flip. She puts somebody over her back. That's it. And I don't think she has any skills. And her 
her, what you call it, her announcing is horrible. Like, she cannot tell stories. Yeah, it's a, yeah. She has a very limited move set, and like you said, her um her work on the mic is you know not the not the best. But I mean, oh, no. but like I said, I'm, I'm guessing the main thing they are they are just banking on the name, especially when it comes to SummerSlam, and so you know to have her on the marquee, and you know definitely people will see, oh yeah, I remember her from UFC, and they just instantly want to see you know what's going on, and. I agree with you. I think it should have, this should have at least went a little bit longer before she got a, a title match. I, I could think of a number of matches she could have had by now that would have been probably just as good um, leading yeah, up like, to it. Yeah, like remember that suspension she had? That suspension was not a real suspension. She just had to like do her movie tour. And um, what you call it, on top of that, I just think that like they're trying to push it like they did with, you know, Roman Reigns. Granted, he is a good wrestler, but I don't think he's like, oh my God. And the fact that, like, he's been, like, what, two years and he's getting pushed again for the Universal title, I think that was just, like, like, come on. I think the best match would have been Bobby Lashley against Brock Lesnar. Bobby Lashley would win the title because I don't think he's ever won anything higher than the U.S. Championship, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Your fans don't know who Bobby Lashley is. He's a wrestler that Donald Trump picked when it was a battle of billionaires <laughs> in WrestleMania. Yep. So yep. I think he came back to wrestling at the beginning of the year, and I think it should have been Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley because they're both MMA fighters, wrestlers. And then, like, Bobby Lashley wins, so Brock Lesnar can, like, you know, worry about his UFC fight. And then push the storyline with Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley, and then maybe towards Survivor Series of Royal Rumble, uh, Roman Reigns gets the title. So what is the match you looking forward to? Woo! It's gonna, it's gonna, actually gonna be a, a long summertime. It starts at five o'clock. I don't know if you know. And me and my sister got tickets, so she's like, we were supposed to have dinner with, with a friend of mine because she's also going. Mm-hmm. And we were gonna have dinner at five. We were thinking we just like leave the house at three. We get there at four. We have dinner, whatever. Not. We'll finish by five thirty-ish, and then like we'll go to the pre-show. But the pre-show, everybody is gonna be empty because you know the pre-show is two hours. It's three matches. Yep. And there's gonna be what twenty minutes, and then it's gonna be what thirty minutes of them speaking. And then it's gonna be another match, and there's gonna be thirty minutes of them speaking, then another match, and then it's the kick, and then it's uh, seven o'clock it starts. Yep. So we're like, the only match I really want to see from the kickoff is really the tag team one, and I'm surprised that I don't know why they didn't just put another match into it, why they put the tag team in the what you call it, um, yeah. in the yeah. pre-show. So I yeah. hope they put the pre- I hope they put that last. So we'll just have it on our phones. We'll watch it and see what's going on. I don't mind seeing the Lana Rusev versus uh. Um, some, um, Selena and, um, what's his, how you say so, his name again? Some, something tells me that's going to be the last match. So, so the, uh, Rusev, yeah. Lana versus Andrade, Sian Amos, and, um, and, uh, Selena Vega. That's probably going to be the last one. I'm, and I'm pretty sure the tag team is probably going to be first. And the cruise, like, I that just to get people to get inside. Yeah, and the cruiserweight is going to be in the middle. I'm pretty sure, I'm thinking yeah. that's probably how the match order is going to probably be. Because most people don't want to see Rusev. Even though it's in the kickoff, yeah. they don't want to see Rusev, so they're probably going to put him last. Yeah, I think I really want to see The Miz and Daniel Bryan. That's going to be a good one. And then my sister's a big Jeff Hardy fan, so definitely want to see that one. But I think they're not going to give the title to Jeff Hardy because I think Jeff and Matt are going to retire soon. And, yeah. And uh, what you call it, who else? I know the women's champion, SmackDown, I, I really hope my girl um, Carmella retains, but I think they're going to probably give it to... Um, Charlotte or probably Becky. 
Now, look, I like Carmelo, but I, I, I do like Becky. If I had to pick one, I like Becky more of all of them. But um, I would not be surprised if Becky don't don't win um, because of Charlotte and mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, but the same thing, they try to put Charlotte, what they try to do with Roman Reigns. They try to make her, like, the main number one woman's, um, the woman diva. But I don't know what they're going to do with that. I really hope, like, you know, seeing that it's Carmelo's hometown, technically, because Brooklyn to Staten Island is about, like, an, an hour away, I would say, give or take, or half an hour. Yeah. I would hope they let her, like, keep it in her hometown or home state, I, I would say. Well, you know how that works, though, right? You know, normally wh- whoever that wh- whoever's wrestling in their hometown or or close to it, they tend to lose. Yeah. <laughs> so it, that that doesn't that doesn't you know sit well for for Carmella with that you know, with yeah, that stat. But she's good with the mic. She she could even though oh, yeah. she's like a top heel, she could really work the mic. The same thing with Alexa Bliss, and I think I really think they're gonna give Ronda Rousey the title. And I, they do. I'm not watching Raw, and so she loses. I will just watch SmackDown. You know, I'll, as far as the with the Rousey Bliss match, for me, I kind of feel like that maybe Bliss was going to keep the title, and but Natty was going to be involved and maybe turn against against Ronda and keep it. You know, can because Ronda opened up uh, Raw talking about her dad. So I don't think. Yeah, that's what. And that, yeah, and that's what. That's what I'm about to say, and with you know, with them, you know, un- unfortunate death of uh, of her dad, you know, Jim the Elf Nightheart this week, and so I think that might thrown that plan out, and which in that case probably have um Ronda actually just straight up winning. Now, I, now off the top of my head, I'm gonna try to go down this lineup right quick. <laughs> this would be a miracle if I can remember this whole lineup off the top of my head. So, um, Let me just go on Instagram and see a WWE uh, fan page. Okay, so uh, all right, so the tag team championship, that's the B team and the Revival. That's on the kickoff show. Then you got Rusev and Lana versus Andrade and um, Sienna Vega. Um, that mm-hmm. you know that's a kickoff as well. And then also the cruiserweight title, um, uh, Cedric Alexander and Drew Gulak. And then I didn't going... watch cruiserweight. I'm not like oh my god, like I was like a big fan of it. But what I was gonna say? Who else? Then you got uh, AJ Styles and uh, Samoa Joe. That's SmackDown. Oh. I now, think Samoa's gonna win. Now that's the match I'm looking forward to see out of all of them. Mm-hmm. That that's my number one, and right, you know, like number, you know, close number two is you know Brian and Miz. But I definitely want to yeah. see this AJ Joe match. So okay. But like, what's the call? Like, I'm just looking at the card right now, and I'm like, why? Why they have Finn Balor and Baron um Baron on the main on the main um show when they could have put that as a kickoff? Honestly, that match could not happen at all, and I'd be fine with it. <laughs> I know, right? I, I'm I'm just over that. I really don't even. I mean, th- the whole premise of this whole <laughs> match is because what Finn Balor's short. I mean, I really don't really get this. <laughs> he, Finn Balor looks exactly like my um my boyfriend. And, oh my god, like I'm like obsessed with him, but I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get this match either. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably just be on my phone and probably like update people on Twitter. But um, <laughs> what else am I looking for? So Dolph Ziggler and the Seth Rollins, I'm bored of it, but I can't wait till Seth Rollins wins because I think they're gonna make uh, Dean Ambrose. Thank God he's back, and yo, he was jacked off. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> but I'm like, what you call it? I think they're gonna make him win, and then when Seth Rollins wins, because it's thanks to uh, Dean Ambrose, 
Dean Ambrose is gonna like attack him after like you know raise his hand and attack him, and then he's gonna set up for a perfect feud between them too. So you think he's gonna turn on him after he wins? Yeah, because Dean Ambrose is like a perfect heel. You make him as a heel because there's no other good heels out there. But what I'm division. saying, but I'm saying, so it'll be after because you know some people. Uh, I, I'm I'm thinking more so that well, actually I would agree with you because I ain't thinking of at, like for that to happen after he wins. Most of them kind of saying he's gonna. He's going to do it before, you know, during the match and, and cost, you know, him from winning the match. No, I think, have, he, I think he's going to, I think he's going to want, you know, Seth Rollins to win and then let, that's going to be a perfect match, Seth Rollins against uh, the Ambrose. But I get what you think because then if yeah. Seth Rollins doesn't win, it'll be Dolph Ziggler. But yeah. But then who's going to be, who's going to be on uh, the Ambrose side because he, uh, what you call it, um, Dolph Ziggler has Drew McIntyre. So. Yeah. That's mad, and then you got the what the hell in the cell? No, it's not hell in the cell, but the Braun Strowman and the Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I think if this happens, if Kevin Owens wins, he's gonna cash it in, but he's gonna lose. But then if Braun wins, and then Brock Lesnar wins the Universal, Braun is gonna cash in and win. Now let me tell you so what I would actually make Braun the Universal if Brock Lesnar wins, because I think they're gonna probably make Brock Lesnar win. Now let me. I, this is what I want to happen. <laughs> so I would yeah. want Kevin Owens to win the match, and then I would like for Roman Reigns to win, win the, the match against Brock. Then Brock mm-hmm. loses his mind <laughs> and beats him down like senseless to the point the way you know just laid out. And then Kevin Owens cashes in. <laughs> Kevin Owens has been ready the Universal Title, and I got to give it to him again. And then Braun is like Vince's favorite. But if Braun loses, he's still always going to be, like, the number one because, you know, he's like the big show. Yeah. No matter what he does, he's always going to be, like, the fan favorite no matter what he says or does. Now, yeah. So that but, probably, that might be a good thing. And then, like, I'll set it up for somebody else. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that's what I would want to happen. Now, I could, now the other thing that I would like to happen if, if Braun, you know, kept the briefcase is that still uh, either or, you know, Brock or Roman wins. and then. Uh, then Braun just comes in at the end. Uh, matter of fact, not even at the end. He comes in. He's so confident. He comes in the middle of the match, just in the middle of it. He just comes out like, "Yeah, I'm cashing in now." Like, and then he wins. That'll be. That'll be. That'll be. That'll be. That'll be. That actually will make summertime. Because like lately, after like I would say after Royal Rumble, there has not been one single pay per view that's been like, "Oh, this is awesome." Everything yeah. has been like, I've been like signing. My sister like she'll be like. I'm bored. I don't want to watch this anymore. Can we watch the old wrestling? <laughs> and it's sad because like there's no like oh my god, and there'll be like one match out of it that'll be like oh my god, like the last what what was the one backlash right before or was the elimination not elimination it was backlash or something else right mm. before summertime, and then you had like the Iron Man match yeah and you had people counting down because they're so bored yeah and it really like it messed up you know both both Ziggler and Seth Rollins mindset because like people are counting down like this is not Royal Rumble. Oh well, so who um who you think? Well, let's just say none of that happens. None of the cash ins. None of that happens. Who you think is gonna win between Reigns and Lesnar? I say Reigns is because I think they're they're gonna let go of Roman. I mean, they're gonna let go of Brock Lesnar so he can worry about UFC, or he could either win and then like let it go in summer. Um, not summertime. Let it go in Survivor Series in November because his match is not until January, so he still has time. Yeah. But I really hope it's Roman Reigns because I really want to see this title being fought every 
you know, Raw or every other Raw because it's like sad that like that like that title is not being used. And how long? I think Brock Lesnar is only keeping the title. I think he put it in his contract that he just wants the title to surpass CM Punk's um, title defense reign. Which is already happened. Which so. I think he already did. It already happened. <laughs> yeah, it's already happened. That, I want to think he wants to have that record of being like the longest reigning undisputed, which I think is so stupid because. Yeah, you're the longest reigning holding, but you're not the longest reigning defending because you haven't defended. <laughs> the last thing you defended was what? Uh, the Great American Bash in uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, the, uh, the greatest war Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, this storyline, I think they need to bring Vince Russo back. Nobody knows who that is. That used to be the writer for WWE during the Attitude Era, and yet he claimed a lot of things during the time, but he had a lot of good mindset. Even though he's screwed up WCW. Yeah, that's what, but, I, was, that's what I was going to say. I'm like, well, you, you do have what he did at WCW. <laughs> well, no, but I'm saying, like, they need to bring somebody like him or, like, let him be there and be like, no, this is stupid. Like, to have, like, Alessa Bliss cash in right after she won, I think that was the most dumbest thing ever. I think there should have been just, like, Nia Jax keeping it and then, like, Nia Jax going after other people and then, like, Ronda Rossi, you know, tries to, like, earn her chance to become the contender, not, like, given a chance. Was that all the matches? Did we go through all of them? Well, I feel like we, I feel no, like then, we did. And then we got, no, we got the SmackDown tag team, the New Day against the Bullet Ah, that, yeah, I knew it was something. Okay, okay, yeah. I really hope it's the New Day. Yeah, I, well, I, I keep thinking about that the New Day is going to break up eventually. So I keep thinking like, I when think they am because they're the highest. They're the highest. Uh, their merchandise is the highest. They they have the highest sales. So you yeah. Pick them up. Is there's no use to that. I think you just keep them, and like I think the third person should just go after a, another title. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I, I just want Big E to kind of go on a solo run. Maybe not break them up, but let Big E, you know, you know, go for the, you know, U.S. title or something. The U.S. championship, yeah, yeah, the U.S. championship, or like the, what's the the one that um the U.S. and the or the one that um Samoa Joe's gonna win the champ the WWE champ title. I mean that I yeah I just want him to go on a bit of a solo run. I, it's not like he has to leave the new day. He can still be part of new day and still you know have have solo success somewhere. I mean you saw that in the yeah, show. Yeah, be the manager when they fight. Yeah, I get it. All right, so uh, was that the last one? And then we got uh, Shinsuke and Jeff Hardy, which you didn't. Oh, we mentioned that. Oh, I see. Yeah, we mentioned that one. Yeah. Cause, uh, I think Shinsuke is going to win, and then it's going to just set up for Randy Orton to go after that title, which I don't think – I think it's stupid. I think it's beneath them. I think he should go after the the WWE title. Well, maybe. Yeah. It might be uh, AJ's next opponent. I don't know. But he, he probably would have won think AJ, I think Samoa Joe. I think it's time for Samoa Joe to win. That, you know what? I actually would like Samoa Joe to win. That would be awesome. <laughs> Even as a heel, I but I do like him to win. I just hope these two guys, because if you ever watch, like, when they were in Japan or when they were in TNA, that they don't screw up these matches. Because, like, what they try to do with, you know, Shinsuke and AJ, they used to have the best matches in um Japan. Yeah. But when you watch them at WrestleMania and you watch them in um matches after that, their matches are just so boring and just, like, what happened to them. And I don't grant them maybe because they're old. But, and I don't mean old in a bad way. I mean, like, because they're, they're not how, like, they were in their prime. Mm-hmm. But I just hope that match is just like, oh my god, this is awesome! Like the audience are engaged in that, and then like it'll make me want to watch it, and not be on my phone in the middle of the match and just hearing it. Because <laughs> that's how I've been lately with wrestling. I've just been on my phone, just hearing it because I'm so 
Like, I'm not engaged like I used to be. Well, you know what? Even though I'm still a fan, yeah, but there's just sometimes I'm just like not like I'm not engaged. Now, you know what? Now, the 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 Daniel Bryan Miz match, you know, that's one that that'll definitely get you, and that you mm-hmm. you know that you want to see. But it all depends on how they they fight that match. And hopefully, yeah. like you know, like the Miz uses like the yes kick, and then Daniel Bryan um reverses it, and when he does a yes kick, that'll be like, oh my god, so cool. <laughs> or like. You know, Daniel Bryan would do, like, the figure four just to show him, like, you know, he used to be the king of submission, like, to show him how it's really done, mm-hmm. like that. But I really hope that, like, that match is, like, engaging. I just really hope this, these matches, like, despite the wins, they're just more engaging because lately it just been – there's been no engagement. Now, now I know we've talked before, and you mentioned that you don't watch NXT. So yeah, I I because I told you like all the NXT guys and everybody told me those like NXT is a hundred times better than WWE like the guys and I think I should watch it but like I don't know anybody because all the guys I used to know from NXT are now in the main roster. Yeah, now the reason I, I mentioned it for a reason because you were saying about as far as being engaged in in what's going on. Now there's one particular match that's going on that will be um I'm pretty sure will be the last match on NXT, what, on, NXT? on on the yeah NXT on set, yeah right? yeah. So Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. So, well, I, yeah, I've seen previews and it looks good. Yeah, I about to say, if anything, you might want to catch just catch that one. I, I'm pretty sure they're gonna do a good uh, video package to kind of tell you about the story. You know, that's been leading up. And even though they've had like three, I mean, think of, they've had three other matches already, but yeah, it's still it, yep, it is still fresh. I mean, it's nothing like how they done AJ and Shinsuke. It's not. It's nothing like how they done Dolphin Self. How they oh, done? Like, like Roman yeah. Reigns and like a Brock Lesnar, like yeah. they've been fighting each other for like past few years. I got you. Yeah, I mean, how they how they done these two Gargano and Ciampa? It's been great, and all these matches have been great. And maybe Triple H should take over WWE. Let's just relax. He's been working his butt off for the past like 30, 40 years now. Well, well, that would that, that that would have to be a topic for another episode. <laughs> so uh, how how can people get in touch with you on social media and um, website and everything? Okay, website is Mona Salama, M-O-N-A-S-A-L-A-M-A.com. My Twitter is at Mona Salama underscore. Don't forget the underscore at the end because I can't get my name, unfortunately. So, and then my Twitter, my Instagram is at political.fashion. All right, thanks so much for your time. Awesome. <laughs> yep, and thanks to Mona for joining us, and that's it. Until next time, we'll chat with you later. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms, or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 
Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700.